Good morning. Welcome to Growth Mindset On. I'm Christina Cuciano, your host, and this podcast equips you with the mindset needed to achieve success. Are you ready to turn your growth mindset on? Our guest is Ella Smith, and she has created a five-step methodology on how to efficiently communicate. Today, you will learn how to effectively address your audience and make a communicative impact according to their needs. Hit the pain points of your customers with her tips. Find out more on how to become a LinkedIn host and a greater connector and stay until the end to learn what makes your vision unique. Listen to Lila explaining why you can make it. Let's get started. Hello, Lila. Such a pleasure to have you here in Growth Mindset On podcast in Spain. Uh, I'm very pleased to, for you to accepting the invitation. And um, the first thing I would like our listeners to know is um, what do you do, Lila? Sure. Thank you, Christina, for having me. It's great to be connected to you. I know that you have kind of the same audience that I do. A lot of entrepreneurs, thought leaders, people who are trying to think about how to do something differently using what they already have in many cases. So thank you for providing the value that you do and for including me in that. To introduce myself, I'm, I'm Lila. I created a method of intentional communication that's based on my work in theater. I spent over 10 years as a professional actress and learned in that process so many very powerful communication tools for acting. And I used those tools after and during acting in my other career as I successfully led multiple brands to multi-million dollar success in e-commerce and retail and community outreach. So now what I'm doing is taking those same tools that I know work and I'm giving them to other people. So my, my whole goal is to power up a whole world of super communicators. And that's what I'm doing, helping people to communicate with intention and tell their story to connect better with their audience, to their coworkers, to people in their lives, and never let it be something that they just um, have happen. The communication is something that we do. So I help people to be active and be intentional when they communicate. Thank you so much for, uh, for describing it. Uh, I wouldn't have done it better. I find interesting uh, the fact that you talk about intentional communication. How would you say, how would you define intentional communication? You know, because Uh, I, I found that interesting. It's a very interesting definition. So uh, yes, I would like to know more about it. What would you find as intent, communication, orientation? Yeah, we, we often just communicate without thinking why we're doing it or what the effect is going to be on the person that we're talking to or listening to because communication is also listening. And I think if we decide before we communicate, either by talking or listening, And talking, you know, could be sharing a social media post or writing an article or putting out a statement, whatever it is that is talking or listening is communication. Maybe even a picture, a, a visual image or a painting is going to have some kind of an effect on the person who's receiving that communication. So my goal is to help people to decide what they want that effect to be and keep that end goal in mind at the beginning before they communicate. And it's a tool that I teach people through Verb Your Values, which is the fifth step of the Say Things Better method that I created. It's about taking what you value about your connection with another person. 
and being intentional about making sure that you achieve that through communication. When I communicate with somebody, somebody new, somebody I've communicated with for a long time, anybody, it is my goal to affirm, to connect, and to empower. So I use those three verbs to guide myself, and that's one of the tenets that I help people to understand for their own communication, just deciding what you want to do to that other person as you are communicating. Wow, that's, uh, that's fantastic because it's true. Uh, sometimes we, we do communicate or probably we, we do uh, share some content or write content or um, we, in order to um, just, just do it. We don't have an objective in mind. And I think that's definitely super, super crucial knowing um, before you're doing it with an objective. So, so that's, that's fantastic. That's, uh, that's such a great idea. I suppose this came out because you, you, you saw people uh, struggling, you know, like doing an extra effort to, to, to share uh, their voice or to speak up, but without any specific objective. The objective for what I call one communication event is what you want to get out of something. And that, that, that could be a call to action. Maybe it's, I want you to sign up for my newsletter on saythingsbetter.com. Maybe it's, I want you to hire me as a coach. Maybe it's, I want you to uh, make a connection for somebody else. Whatever that objective is, that's the second step. And I, I can go through the five steps if you want. But the point of having an objective for one communication event is so that you can be clear and stay on task. And then thinking about your communication partner's objective, right? Like what would make this communication event a success for them? The verb your value step is not about the content, it's about how you make people feel. So having an objective for what you wanna get out of something, understanding that they wanna get out a certain level of value too, but then also making sure that you're making people feel something in the way that you really want them to feel. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's fantastic because I think many companies um, do not, do not have that in mind as an objective so what do you do with with companies who who don't have a mission statement or do not uh, know the value of um, an efficient or intentional communication would bring to the company uh, what do you do in these cases because i suppose there are leaders uh, or ceos of the companies who who are um are unable to see the the benefits in in having an efficient co uh, communication what what do you do in those cases one of the things that i have in my toolbox is a whole arsenal full of testimonials i think that social proof and having examples mm -hmm. as well as a body of work in my content that people can watch can understand can can see visualize themselves mm -hmm. as a hero going through my story that whatever i'm sharing they can imagine themselves having the benefit of it so sharing a problem, a solution, and a result in content is very helpful. So that's one of the things that I do through marketing and outreach efforts is really saying uh, just to the population in general, here's what this looks like. If this has ever come up for you, imagine what it would be like if you were clear on what you were saying. If you ever got caught in an elevator, for example, and you didn't know how to tell Michael Bloomberg, the mayor of New York City, and tell him who you are and what you did. Think of how nervous you would be. If I met him, I would want him to know that I have tools that he can use to eliminate the gray area, the confusion, the dropped balls, and all the many projects across his organization 
So I would talk about what those issues are and what some of the solutions might be and what they've been for other people and include, hey, for example, I did this workshop at this company last month and here's where they are now. So I, th I think sometimes we need those stories to help us get on board and visualize our own potential. Yeah, yeah, I completely, I completely agree with that, especially because um, I think we don't um, even uh, even companies, but also individuals, we are not aware of that of how important is how we come across, or the person we are talking to, or the person we are directing ourselves to, because it, maybe our message has to be adapted according to the person we have in front of us. So it's it's essential to know that to know what is your objective to get out of that conversation or with, with that uh, communicative um, action in order to, to know where we are heading and in order to adequate our message to them. So, so uh, that's fantastic that we have professionals like you doing that because communication is so important also for business but also how we um, we connect with other people as individuals. So uh, uh, I definitely think that that's uh, super important. Uh, I would like to know: Do you focus on on any type of communication, or you you are more focusing on company communication, doing a little bit of everything? Like, what is your your forte, or what you enjoy doing the most, or where do you think you are helping people more? What I started doing this month, and we're recording this in March of 2019, is a communication mastermind where I have a lot of people who are, in, in most cases, entrepreneurs or intrapreneurs, but in some way a leader, a thought leader, and, and defining thought leadership as the way that you do things and think about things differently, and having a desired impact, having your way of doing things or thinking things be something you want to encourage other people to adopt and that you want to be known for. So I help those people with messaging to talk about what they do, to plan out a series of content that helps other people to understand why they need their help, why they need their guidance, and what the benefit would be of thinking about things their way. So I can see myself doing more groups like this, like uh, intentional communication for individuals, where I do a group version of my one-on-one -on -one personal communication coaching and that I love as well. But the, this group format, I think, has been working really well. And it also does give people access to lower rates working with me one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. And that's really helpful, too. So I love doing the company workshops. I love having, uh, you know, going in for a day and giving people tools that they can use for the rest of the existence of their business. And I love setting up that framework for, for businesses that I really believe could make a difference. And that's really important to me. So whether it's big businesses that I'm doing these workshops for or individuals who are trying to in some way breathe life into other people or start something new or it's individuals who care about their communication. Right now, I still kind of want to do it all. Most of my work is in helping people talk about what they do, but I really enjoy exploring all of it right now. So when you say messaging, you're referring to, to the message they get out there, no? Uh, you fine-tune, you help them to fine-tune according to their values, as you were saying, you were uh, mentioning yours before, according to their values, you help them out um, to, to get their message there. That's what you, you mean in this case. Uh, am, I, am, I, am I right? Yes, about the message people receive and also the message that they then feel able to tell other people. So if I know what you do, and I'm very clear on it because your message was clear, I can then be kind of an ambassador for you and pass it on. 
and say, hey, I just heard about Christina. Do you know about her podcast? She talks to people about all different ways to communicate and to be uh, efficient marketers in, in entrepreneurship. And so whatever it is that, that you want your message to be, it's your responsibility to make sure I know it so that I can go and tell it to other people. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. I, I listened to this person saying, when people ask you the first thing, uh, when you meet someone and people ask you, what do you do? And uh, most of people don't have a, a specific answer. You know, they say, well, I'm doing this. And that's uh, such a waste of time because you could, how you come across, that could be, you know, it's your USP. Uh, so I was thinking, this made me think about myself, whenever people ask me, at least uh, I didn't have an answer, a specific answer that I would give uh, um, to everyone. So, so uh, it goes, it resonates with what you, you're just saying at the moment, because it's super crucial. How do you define yourself? And um, keeping that message or that um, personal branding, keeping it across uh, uh, all, the, all, the, uh, all the channels in the same and with all the people around you, because if you always say the same uh, it's it's easier to remember or people know easily identify with that message it's like uh, this is uh, like Lady Gaga's uh, type of message when she was promoting the movie she was saying at every single TV show she was invited to she was saying the same thing uh, so it's 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 very interesting that and I think there is a lot of of uh, ways no, uh, us as individuals, whenever we get that question, and um, it's 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 fantastic to to know, at least to be aware that we need we need to uh, work on our message. We work on our on on our communication. We we need to work on how we come across. I think that's a great example with Lady Gaga and being on different television shows. And so yes, her message was always the same, and it was prepared. It's not that the words were exactly the same, but you understood exactly what she wanted you to about the story is that she wanted people to understand about themselves. And those things are, that overarching message being really clear helps people to understand why they should buy a ticket and go see it. And also why they should look up to her as a leader in her industry. But there's something else. When you think about Lady Gaga doing these TV shows, they all kind of have one communication partner, which is a TV show audience. If she were being interviewed by Billboard magazine, which is about music and has a followership of readers who like to learn more about musicians as people, their stories, and the story behind the music, then she might be telling different parts of her story. So pulling different things out of her toolbox to, to connect with what that audience would be. If she were being interviewed by um, a theater school, she might talk about her own experience growing up in New York and doing musical theater to connect with that audience. She knows what she wants people to know right now and what she wants them to do. Her objective is get them to buy a ticket, get them to vote for her, whatever that objective is. But she also tailors her communication to her communication partner. And that's part of being intentional with your communication too. So you can have one message to say, this is what I do. But when you're talking to somebody, when I'm talking to somebody who is a potential personal communication coaching client, then I'm going to talk about my relationship that I was in where I had somebody tell me you shouldn't be offended because you know it wasn't my intention to upset you. And because I'm in theater and because I have these tools to set intentions, I was smart enough to know that that wasn't good enough. 
that it's not good enough to say, you know, it's not my intention. So because that is a sample, an example from my life, from my toolbox of personal communication, if I'm talking to a client who might be interested in that kind of coaching, that's the story I'm going to tell. It's a true story. It's authentically me, but it's specific to what their needs might be and what their objectives are in communication improvement. Wow, that's, that's such, a, such a great uh, example because this takes me to think uh, also whenever we're doing sales. I mean, uh, when most of the, the people at, at the end of the day, we, we, we want to um, sell our products or we want to have more, more people subscribing to them or we want to have more followers and so on and so forth. And we were ju- you were just mentioning this, uh, that the objective of Lady Gala maybe was for people to go and buy a ticket and see her show. Uh, and it, uh, this is, it takes me to, to the uh, selling, um, selling as a company, no? It's, it's one of the things that you need uh, to do. Uh, and I think that's definitely communication. You need to, um, to know who is the person you're talking to or know your user or know uh, the end user in order to know your message. That's exactly right. So it, it, we, all uh, we all do a lot of different things. When you talk about sales for a company, your product or service might have a ton of benefits that it offers to different communication partners, but you're not usually going to be on a phone call with all of them at the same time. And you're not usually going to be targeting all of them with your paid digital advertising at the same time either. So you can define your communication partner using parameters through, um, through Google targeting, through Facebook ads, you can, you can define who your communication partner is and then refine your message accordingly. Wow, it's fantastic. Definitely that's something that can, can apply to so many areas in a company. I think it's, um, it just, uh, it's so important to know it. And as, as I was saying, probably companies do not realize that. At least I think here in Spain, we are a little bit um, backwards. Um, sorry to say that. But in terms of knowing how important is communication, how we come across uh, our customers or our, our clients, or even, even, even if we uh, have a community, you know, and both any type of of, of uh, leadership you're having you need to know your message well and know and be empath- empathic with the with the, your 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 followers or uh, with the, your customers or your prospective leads uh, uh, whatsoever so you need to to definitely know them more learn more about them in order to uh, as you're saying you know just you have a toolbox and you just take out what is necessary for that for that person or or, or customer you you're talking to so so that's that's so fantastic that i can see that uh, your um, your methodology is not only just for um, for individuals probably to speak better in meetings or be better speakers um, or brand ambassadors of their company, but it's also important uh, to a company as a whole. That's right. And when you think about sales and the sales training managers, that toolbox image is really powerful. When you think about the people who are going to be on the phone with customers or who are going to be emailing them, or responding to any kind of customer service inquiry, these are people who need to be armed with all the tools in the toolbox, but not just having the tools, and in this case, the tools being the benefits of your service or product, but also being an understanding of when you would use each one and for whom. What problem does each tool fix so that when you hear somebody's story and you hear what their top priority problems are, 
you know which wrench to take out of the toolbox to fix and tighten that bolt. You're not going to, as a sales training manager, you have all of this information to empower your team with. But if you just dump all of the tools in your toolbox out onto their laps and say, go, it's really not helpful. It's really not. You have to also train them which tools, which time, and for whom they actually work. Well, this, this reminds me because I worked, I used to work in sales some time ago, and definitely that was the type of manager I had. They, this, they would give us a training, like a very broad training. These are, these are the, the tools you should use, and uh, here you go. And we wouldn't be told which one to use specifically for what type of, of, of customers, because, you know, there, there are definitely many types or or they want something else, they have different needs. So that was something I struggled and I was telling myself and my colleagues, I was like, we definitely need a coach here because we need to, to know how to um, adequate our speech accordingly, you know? So, so that definitely defined me, uh, what you just mentioned, defined me the type of ineffective uh, sales training manager we, we, we had. So, uh, so th that's fantastic. Besides, besides that, I also uh, I've I've seen that you also are very very um, involved in being a LinkedIn host. Am I am I am I right? Yes. So LinkedIn Local is a series of events that people have been doing all over the world since Anna McAfee started it in Coffs Harbor, Australia, and so now there are hundreds of cities all over the world who host these events. They're networking events, but they're not the kind of networking event where you take your business card, tell people what kind of business you want, what kind of leads you need, and then they try and connect the dots for you. Because the truth is we end up with a lot of business cards from those events and no real reason to do that. No real reason to connect the dots for somebody because we didn't take the time to get to know them and care about them. So we maybe will remember what the message was, oh, that person needs to connect to tradesmen, or that person needs to connect to uh, construction companies, that person needs to connect to uh, sales training managers, and this person needs to connect to, you know, we, we just don't end up caring at the end of the night from those kinds of events, because we didn't learn things like, that person is from New York and moved to Dallas. We didn't learn things like, that person loves travel, uh, that person has six children. And so we end up caring about people because we know them as human beings. And that's when we are incentivized to learn more about whether or not they even are the best at what they do before we make that referral. So first, caring about people as human beings is one of the tenets of the LinkedIn local events, coming to connect with the people beyond the profiles that we see on LinkedIn. We can always go back and look at the profile later. Fantastic because I think definitely um, having an online tool like LinkedIn to to connect people, but being able to take that from the online uh, environment and take it to offline where people can meet face to face and engage differently. I mean, it's not the same engaging uh, engaging online because you know um, probably most of the conversation are more formal, whereas in in, in first person are way individual. You get to feel the, the people's uh, I don't know. Uh, humor more uh, what do they feel what are their struggles it's also you know face-to-face -face intimacy 
provide that type of safe environment where you can share this thing. So, so it's fantastic. I, I bet you, you got a lot of um, many connections and you met fantastic people uh, by doing this. Yes, I've traveled all over the world and attended LinkedIn local events in different places. My friend Rachel West Palumbo and I are the originating co-founders of LinkedIn Local New York City. So we're not co-founders, co-hosts of LinkedIn Local New York City. And she and I hosted these events together for, uh, for months. We developed a community that we knew we would come and who would come and see us and attend these events. We had speakers come to add value to the community and give us something to talk about, something to walk away with that improved us in some way, but also a topic for a discussion so that we could connect on something and not have all the pressure be on us to say, hi, I'm this person and, and I have six children. Some people don't know what to say. So having a speaker at those events was really helpful to, to give people a topic to gather around. And whenever I go to different events, everybody does them in their own way. Every city has a different flavor. Uh, Kristen Olsencott and Adam Crush in Detroit have a different flavor than, than David Holland from Luxembourg that those hosts do it a different way because they have different communication partners. They have different audiences, people who are gonna to come to their events and do things a little bit differently. But the one thing that is always true of all of these events, if they are really truly linked in local events, is that they are focused on that human connection and facilitating it in whatever way that host feels is the right way for their people. What is the process? Imagine that uh, one of our listeners would like to become a LinkedIn uh, local host. What is the process to do uh, to do that? I'm just curious because I've, I haven't heard of it here in Spain. So uh, maybe there are listeners who would be interested in, in, in starting it and, and, and moving it forward. LinkedIn local, if you're interested in becoming a host in your city, go to linkednlocal.com. And I'll send you the link uh, following this so that you can post it for people listening to your podcast. And there's a link on there that says become a host. Nice. So that's, that's fantastic because I, uh, I mean, I've moved to, to Barcelona like a year and a half ago and uh, I haven't heard of it. I, I knew of other events, many meetups, but I haven't heard of, uh, about LinkedIn locally. I suppose in the United States, it's definitely like a, a bigger movement. I don't know why I haven't heard of it, but I, I will be happy to check it out and see if I can collaborate or if any of the listeners are interested in doing that. In order to also wrap up uh, our conversation, uh, being today uh, International Women's Day, so... Uh, International Women's Day. <laughs> it's... Uh, yeah. International Women. So yeah, that's true. That's uh, International Women talking, uh, you know, uh, connecting. So what is your experience as a female uh, founder starting your own, uh, your own business or uh, your own consultancy uh, to say things better? Which advice would you give, would you give uh, other female founders? Well, I think using framing tools is really helpful to get your point across. Being intentional in your communication so that your values are always evident so that people always know who you are when you're speaking and staying consistent in that over time does build the trust that you need. I have had a lot of experience not being listened to as a woman in business a long time before I was ever a founder of my own. Mm -hmm. So I was in an e-commerce department uh, for three years and in many cases working with, and I won't name any names, but <laughs> some men and women who 
would be partners on projects, big, big projects, replatforming, redesigning of the website, uh, marketing partners, affiliate network partners, just so many different people that we would have to have very high level conversations with. And there's a tendency for people who are insecure to try and talk over somebody else. And that's something that I think is specifically a female experience very much more often than it is a male experience. Yeah. That we feel that people are talking over us or that they haven't heard us. So I would say, you know, instead of trying to say it a different way, try and use a framing tool just to give somebody an, an actionable specific tool to try. Try and say the same thing every time it happens. Hey, Christina, I really am excited to hear what you have to say, but I want to finish this first. And then continue saying what you're going to say. And the next time you get interrupted again, hey, Christina, I really want to hear what you have to say, but I do want to finish this first. Yeah. You can say it a few different ways, but the words being the same calls it out for people the same way as the ringing of a bell, that they realize they are an interrupter. And it doesn't have to happen that many times for somebody to realize that it's happening. And it also sends a message to other people in a group, in a room, that you will advocate for your own voice and that you will advocate for your own time. And it's not you saying, would you stop talking for a minute and just let me finish? Because yeah. that achieves the opposite effect. So it's something that you can do specifically to be polite, but still get your message across that you are not to be interrupted. Another thing that is important for women, especially women founders, because you have something that is so important to say that you have built your whole life around this. To be an entrepreneur, to start something that wasn't there before and to do it your way has been so vital to you that you have changed your actions. You have put your family in a, an economically tenuous position. You have taken a lot of risks. It's gotta be for a reason. So you know you have something to say, you know that it's important, go out there and purposefully say it and just practice using your voice. Mm -hmm. When you're on a platform like LinkedIn or any social media platform, consider your voice so important that you must share in the comments. You and your expertise are valuable. And if you provide them in comments, people will see that over and over again, that you're willing to provide and add value from your context in addition to somebody else. So being affirmative, expanding on ideas, saying what you had to say was interesting and it made me think this, and then pulling something out that's additionally of value is another good way to practice using your voice. So just stay practiced, be intentional, and give yourself some credit and use as many tools as you can find. Wow, that was uh, that uh, was so it got me really into my heart, no? Because uh, the way you say it, and and it, I can feel that you are passionate uh, about it. Uh, you can tell that definitely you you have a lot to say about it, and you you are saying, and the way you 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 just told me, I was I was like. Because sometimes it's true. Uh, I do it myself. Uh, I don't know if if uh, other uh, other women or even other men. Uh, I struggle to think that my what I can say it's um, it's enough. I don't know if that is insecurity. I don't know if uh, you know. I've been told you know to probably I don't have anything uh, interesting to say, or even probably I've been like. Um, 
said uh, you know been talked over in conversation no and and there's somebody somebody else comes ac across when you're talking and say no this is because of that and and just uh takes your uh takes your your voice no and uh it's it's so inspiring seeing you uh i think i touch like a like a like a like a, a weak point no another weak point but like something that you are so passionate about and uh, and it's fantastic seeing you uh, defending and, and and telling um people that it's so necessary to to share and 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 speak up and and share that voice because each voice uh, is unique each person has something unique to to provide I just took notes on it because I think it's something I also need to remind myself. So definitely I'm taking that as a personal advice and I'm sure that also our listeners uh, are super um, excited to hear that and apply that in their lives too. Even just listening to you say, we don't, or we're sometimes told that we're not interesting enough. Mm -hmm. uh, that gave me an idea for a piece of content that I'm going to share because it's something mm -hmm. that I, it's another, it's another thought. It's another yeah. idea. Yeah. And you never know what it is that you're going to say that's going to strike somebody else at the right time for them to have an idea. Sometimes it's not just about the impact of your own conversations and, mm -hmm. and communication, but about what seeds you're planting, whether you mean to or not, mm -hmm. in other people. So now I have this whole story that I want to tell about, and I'll share it with your listeners now so they'll, they'll hear it before it's, it's anywhere. But thinking about being interesting, mm -hmm. people often forget that the most interesting things are the stories that could only have come from your life. So ask yourself, if you're going to talk about something you believe, how did you learn to believe that? What was it that colored your experience? And it could have been anything. It could have been, oh, my younger brother and I used to go and buy pickles when we were kids on the way to school. And during that time, this is what happened and this is what we learned from it. And that's what taught me as a person this thing that I'm saying. So your context, your specific stories, the things that happened in your life are your one of a kind assets. That's what to share. That's what makes you interesting. Wow. That's, that's, uh, that's so uh, powerful. I mean, definitely what you were saying, your value is to empower uh, people. And I feel, to be honest, I feel empowered right now you know because it took Yay! me a <laughs> you did it <laughs> no because because um you know it took me some time even to start this it took me some time to think that uh that i may bring value to people or i may be you know interesting enough or it may uh, you know so it, it uh, so many things uh, many uh, negative stuff that came across you know, or you're not good enough or you will you'll never do this and it's a uh, it's having you speaking this way um to me and also to the listener is like wow and uh, definitely uh, empowerment is there in your words and uh, i feel so grateful uh, about being able to speak to you and it really touched me to be honest you really like wow. you know got into 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 things that are are important i think at least to me uh, and it's 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 fantastic to to receive that message and it's i think we should definitely support each other more and uh, help each other out more and get the potential out of people but i think that's what coaches uh, like you do and so i just want to say a, a huge thank you uh, lila for being uh, today with me and uh, yeah, I can't wait to share this with the audience. 
So, um, so yeah, thank you so much for your time and for your advice and the conversation we, we, we've just had. Thanks for inspiring me, Christina. I think there are things that I'm thinking now that could only have come from this conversation with you. So thank you for everything that you've given to me and for sharing what you do with your audiences so that they can grow and learn too. Thank you so much.